Welcome back to the Fourth Way Podcast. Today's episode is a special one as we commemorate Veterans Day. Now, if you've been around for a while, you know that this is a podcast on nonviolence. Uh, but I like to use the days we dedicate to remembering violence in order to highlight nonviolence. Think of it as a literary foil of sorts. And I, I think that doing this does two important or beneficial things. First of all, I think it highlights how many of our national celebrations are centered around violence. You know, we've got Memorial Day, Veterans Day, July 4th, right? Like major celebrations. President's Day and Columbus Day are national holidays, but they're not really celebrated much at all. Thanksgiving might be the only national holiday of significance I can think of which isn't centered around violence, although I guess the turkey might disagree. So highlighting our, our history, the history that we like to tell, highlighting that that is largely centered around violence, I think is, is important. But second, even though we, we commemorate those who have fought and those who have died on Memorial Day, and we commemorate veteran or so Veterans Day, those who fought, Memorial Day, those who've died, we often do it in a way that really fails to fully honor their cost of sacrifice. We've talked a lot about moral injury in this podcast, and it's something that, that few people ever bring up in any meaningful way. Warriors are often damaged in ways that our society doesn't want to acknowledge because such damage chips away at the moral credibility of the use of violence as a tool for peace and goodness. It exposes violence for what it, what it really is. So while I think the pro-violent uh, position minimizes the position of nonviolence and maximizes the position of violence in history, they also tend to give lip service to honoring warriors while failing to truly recognize their sacrifices. As this podcast advocates the respect and love for all persons, I want to use these holidays as a time to elevate the cost of those who feel the need to take on violence, which not only harms the body, but the mind and soul as well. Today's episode, then, will be about Veterans Day. The topic is, is really simple. I'm just going to read a short letter from Smedley Butler, uh, a letter written to mothers. But before I do, I want to provide you a little bit of background. Smedley Butler served for an extended period of time in the Marines, and he rose to a high-ranking position, and he, uh, he's a decorated war hero. After he got out of the military, I think like 19, late 1920s, maybe 1930s, something around there, he, uh, he wrote a book that's famous in the nonviolent community. And the book is titled War is a Racket, and I'll make sure to put a link uh, to that in the show notes. But the book is a great look from an insider who points out that wars are largely done for economic reasons, regardless of the altruistic facade put upon it. Butler lays out his case in his short book. Now, it's interesting because uh, the other night, my wife and I uh, were watching a, a movie on J.R.R. Tolkien, which I, I think it was actually titled Tolkien. And when we watched the movie, there's an interesting part because when world, I think it was World War I came about, you saw all of the like college students, the, the men, and, and just like uh, all of these guys just so excited, jumping around and cheering that Britain was finally going to war. They were going to have a chance at honor and glory. And Catalina, when she saw that, she was flabbergasted. She was like, is that, 
is that really how people react? Like, she just couldn't compute that people would feel that way about war. And while I know that, that this excited fervor existed in the past, it did make me think back to my generation's noble cause after 9-11. I was in ninth grade when 9-11 happened, so I wasn't able to like go directly into the military, but that patriotism did linger for, for years. And I, I know, a num- uh, heard of a number of people who were, were very uh, interested in joining the military. And I know for a time I was as well, and I, I had some friends do that. Now, I remember so many guys in high school talking about joining the military and wanting to get revenge. We grew up loving guns and loving war movies, and the idea of combat was uh, exciting. And now we had a righteous cause to go and do good in the world. There were even anthems that came out after 9-11, and uh, one that I, I will never forget or be able to get out of my head is it's entitled Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. And I think it's an important one, uh, so important that I actually want to read it here. So I'll, I'll give you an extended quote from the song, and I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. Just to be forewarned, it does have um, some vulgar language in it, so if you don't want to hear that, you can skip ahead like a minute. Now this nation that I love has fallen under attack. A mighty sucker punch came flying in from somewhere in the back, and soon we could see clearly, as soon as we could see clearly, through our big black eye, Man, we lit up your world like the 4th of July. Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list, and the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist, and the eagle will fly, and it's gonna be hell when you hear Mother Freedom start ringing her bell. And it'll feel like the whole wide world is raining down on you. Oh, brought to you courtesy of the red, white, and blue. And justice will be served, and the battle will rage. This big dog will fight when you rattle his cage, and you'll be sorry that you messed with the U.S. of A, because we'll put a boot up your ass. It's the American way. Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list, and the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist, and the eagle will fly, and it's going to be hell when you hear Mother Freedom start ringing her bell, and it'll feel like the whole wide world is raining down on you. Oh, brought to you courtesy of the red, white, and blue. So yeah. I'd say there was an excited frenzy that often accompanied war, including war in my lifetime. And that excited fervor was used to invade a country that didn't have weapons of mass destruction, and we ended up having, having that war lead to over 100,000 civilian deaths, not to mention uh, the, I, the combat deaths on, on both sides. War relies on that fervor. Because if you extend war out for too long and you lose a noble cause, you don't have the fighting spirit anymore. It's hard to keep up propaganda that long, and it's hard to keep up people's spirits for a long time. That's why, I mean, I'm amazed that, that our war in Afghanistan has, has been able to do as well as it did, but you're starting to see chinks in the armor right now as, as more and more articles are coming out critiquing what's going on there and why we're still there. So today for Veterans Day, I recognize the sacrifices that veterans have made even more than most uber-patriots do because I recognize moral injury. In fact, I recognize so much how much veterans lose, I don't want anyone to become a veteran. So today, if you're hearing this episode and have any influence over someone thinking about joining the military, or you're thinking about it yourself, I want you to consider Smedley Butler's letter to mothers. 
and check out his book in the show notes. I'll end with his letter now. Now you mothers particularly, the only way you can resist all this war hysteria and beating of tom-toms is by asserting the love you bear for your boy. When you listen to some well-worded, some well-delivered war speech, just remember it's nothing but sound. No amount of sound can make up to you for the loss of your boy. After you've heard one of those speeches and your blood's all hot and you want to bite somebody like Hitler, go upstairs to where your boy's asleep. Look at him. Put your hand on that spot on the back of his neck, the place he used to love to kiss when he was a baby. Just rub it a little. You won't wake him up. He knows it's you. Just look at his strong, fine, young body, because only the best boys are chosen for war. Look at this splendid young creature who's part of yourself. Then close your eyes for a moment, and I'll tell you what can happen. Somewhere, 5,000 miles from home, night, darkness, cold, a drizzling rain. The noise is terrific. All hell has broken loose. A star shell bursts in the air. Its unearthly flare lights up the muddy field. There's a light of tangled, rusty barbed wires out there and a boy hanging over them, his stomach ripped out and he's feebly calling for help and water. His lips are white and drawn. He's in agony. There's your boy. The same boy who's lying in bed tonight. The same boy who trusts you. Are you going to run out on him? Are you going to let someone beat a drum? or blow a bugle, and make him chase after it? Thank God this is a democracy, and by your voice and your vote, you can save your boy.